If you want to master YouTube in 2021, there is no other place you need to be than here right now. Make sure you come on back because we're going to help you grow in 2021 faster, smarter. We got the best of the best. You don't want to go anywhere. It's Nez Nation Live, y'all. Welcome, welcome everybody. It is another episode of Nez Nation Live. I am so, so excited. I know a lot of you guys already know who we have on the show and I'm going to introduce him in just a sec. This is uh, our very first interview of 2021. We've got two segments to our Nez Nation Live personal branding podcast show and I'm going to do as little talking as possible because I have so much to ask our awesome guests and I know you do too, but I just want to let you know just in case you're new to who I am. I am Professor Nez, your personal branding coach, helping you earn more, grow faster, and stress less. So make sure that you click subscribe. Please smash that smash button, as we call it here uh, on Nez Nation Live, that like button. We had an amazing show last Sunday. We do go live every single Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Pacific, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It's a live office hours where I answer your questions, anything about branding, online business, making money, YouTube growth, LinkedIn growth, building your online presence, crafting your story. So you want to make sure you stick around with that. Are you guys ready? Because I know I am. Make sure you share this out too, y'all. If you, I mean, know anybody who's interested in YouTube, you have to really make sure that you share this out. Well, let's get cooking, guys. I don't want to delay any further. And by the way, we're going to talk with our guest a little bit. I've got some questions for him. And uh, then I'm going to open it up to the chat. So make sure you get your questions ready in the comments because I'm going to ask questions from you guys. So if you have to have questions for our guest, make sure that you ask them. I'm going to be monitoring the chat. Without further ado, my guest today, he has been on YouTube pretty much since the platform's inception, working with the biggest brands, the biggest organizations, helping them grow billions and billions of views. One YouTuber in particular that uh, we're going to talk about a little bit, he works with Mr. Beast. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring into the show Mr. Daryl Eves. Daryl, how in the world are you, brother? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. It's so great to see you, man. Uh, I've got so much stuff to talk to you about. I mean, I kind of gave you a sort <laughs> of um, mini intro there. Is there anything that you want to add to that for our audience that... Uh... <laughs> No, I just, I I'm literally obsessed with YouTube. Like there's just no ifs, ands, and buts about it. I'm obsessed. I think about it every moment of the day. Uh, it interrupts my relationships with my wife. <laughs> I'm that <laughs> obsessed. Like it's really funny because like she'll, like we just get to unwind. And what I do to unwind is I look at thumbnails and I'm like what grabs my attention? And goes at it. she's like, thumbnails again. Come on. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know what? I, I love the way you said that. And, and I have to talk about this, Daryl, first. We got so much to talk about YouTube. I know you have a an amazing book, which by the way, guys, really quickly, there's a link in the description, but we're going to talk about that more in depth. And I want to talk about your book in a little bit. Um, you know, I think speaking of obsession, <laughs> we have to talk about um, what I call the atomic bomb that has dropped on social media. And yeah. that is clubhouse. I know yeah. you have been absolutely rocking it. I've already begun a, a support group for, for clubhouse addicts. <laughs> Cause it's <laughs> literally, you like here. you said, my wife thinks I'm crazy. Like my wife's like, yeah. what are you doing? 
What are yeah. you doing on that thing? Yeah. And then last night, because I know you've been dropping insane million dollar masterclasses, but then last night we had Mr. Beast. We had Logan Paul. I was, I thought it was a joke. I mean, what's going on here, Daryl, with this app? So um, Clubhouse is unique um, and it's been able to tap into culture in something that was well um, needed. Uh, let me give you a little bit of context. Like I'm a student of history. I love history. I love how humans relate to things. Um, and one of the first things that actually hit in media um, was radio and radio became very par powerful of broadcasting your message out uh, to the world. And then it transformed into talk radio uh, and talk radio has that dynamic component, but there's still that structure of you have to stay in and talk about these certain things or follow this formula or whatever. And then you had the explosion of podcasts um, that really fulfilled that need of audio. But this, this app is very disruptive. I, I love it uh, because of the nature of you can have really high level conversations uh, you can do what uh, YouTube started out to be is broadcast yourself and people that are interested can come and talk and engage. But what I love more than anything else is bringing people up on stage and having those conversations that felt like uh, I put a, a conference on um, let, have for the last seven years. It felt like the hallways of that conference, like having these high level conversations with people that normally you could only connect with and have these types of conversations at an event. So like it, it kind of is giving me my fix of not going to events and having those high level discussions because now we can have them pretty much at every waking hour of every living day. <laughs> you know, it's so funny you say that Daryl, because I literally was talking to a room and, and, and I've done a couple of rooms myself and it's just been, it reminds me of the blab days. I know you're around for the blab days. You're around for that. A lot of people in the room that I was talking to, they were like, what's blab? They were younger. Yeah. But like, it's it to me, the timing of this app is so unbelievably perfect because there is that need. One of the things I loved about what you said in a room, uh, and I was able to ask you a question directly too, was that you said that right now there's a definite need for connectivity. People yep. are starving for that connection, for that relationship, for you know just really kind of uh, being more human, like you say. And I think Jimmy, I think Mr. Beast and those guys, I think they're going to be just as addicted as we are because it's just insanely valuable. I was one of the first yeah. people in that room, <laughs> Daryl, and like literally I couldn't believe it. So I see Mr. Beast and there's like three other people in the room and I'm like, that's not Mr. Beast. There's like only four people in here. There's no way. Then I hear his voice and he's being typical Mr. Beast, which is kind of sheepish and like, I don't know what I'm doing or yada, yada, yada. When he's <laughs> such a, I was telling my wife last night, like I'm a legend with my kids. Like I was telling my wife, I go this 20 year old kid or how Wait old is he now? 23. Yeah. He'll be 23 in a couple. Yeah. So couple I was months. saying that this kid is such a genius, like his mind and even listening to Logan Paul and, you know, uh, some of the other ones like Preston, their business minds. I mean, I didn't have that acumen at yeah. that age. I mean, it's amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. Anyway, so cool. And Clubhouse and please connect with us too, Daryl Eves and, and, and Professor Nez. Um, okay, let's talk YouTube. Let's get into it. I, hey, before, I had to talk about Clubhouse do, I because I, it's I, just I, so insane. I, I, yeah, I like please. Clubhouse a lot, but I think that um, one of the things that I always look for is um, time sucks. And I can tell you that Clubhouse is a time suck. And so if, if you're a productivity guy like me and you're trying to get a ton done, uh, you're going to need to find the balance. And, you know, I find myself connecting when I'm in the car. So I'm not like connecting to other stuff that I'm doing. Um, driving down the road. And so it, it is going to change kind of our behavior in the day. 
Uh, but like any any type of social media, you got to be careful uh, with it for sure. Um, that that you stay productive, and it's an addictive yeah. platform. It's an addictive platform. So and addictive, especially with hey, you're we're all wanting to have this connections with humanity and with people, and with people that we can have discussions that you know most people wouldn't understand the conversation or the rhetoric that we're we're discussing. And, um, and, and it's needed now, but like, we just need to be cautious too. Like I I'm finding myself, okay. My, my minutes watched on screen time has gone way up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I know the app for that. Yep. It's, it's clubhouse that did this. Yeah. I get that. I hate that notification. It's like, this is how long you've been on screen. I'm like, Oh God. Um, one of the things that you mentioned earlier, uh, Daryl, that I thought was so poignant because I've been a, a, an attendee for several years in a row since 2017 was that you founded vid summit, which is one of the most renowned uh, video marketing and and really just content creation, YouTube conferences in the world. And I agree. It kind of gives you that vibe. I always thought the value of that conference was in the hallway. The value was really in the hallway, the connections and meeting people, growing, networking, et cetera. And uh, you know, one of the things that you do, which I love, it's always one of the speeches that I pay attention to the most is you kind of give a state of the union of YouTube. Uh, It's kind of like early in the conference, the first day, or I can't, is it usually the first day or second day? Um, it just depends on, yeah, it just depends. Yeah. But the point is, is that the content it's, it's almost like you're giving this sort of preamble of this is where YouTube is. And this is where YouTube is going. I don't want to ask you to do that right now, but it's January. It's a brand new year. Although in a lot of ways, it still feels like 2020. Um, is there something that you want to talk about or maybe tell the audience, like, what is it that we need to be knowing about 2021 that we should really pay attention to when it comes to YouTube? Yeah. Like here's the thing. Um, when you follow the money, it, it, it will translate over to where the direction of YouTube's going. So like um, early on, and, and, and this is a, a pattern that you can consistently find in any organization, like where they're going to put their R and D money, where they're going to put, uh, some creator funds, but uh, before they actually started the YouTube partner program, uh, they wanted to pay creators. And so they started to shift money and says, Hey, we're going to pay creators if you upload and keep on uploading. And that's great. You know, and then they kind of introduced uh, select creators that can share in that revenue. And so you, it, like, this has been a model time and time again. And so uh, right now I want everyone to write this down because I can tell you where they're putting money. Number one is into live streaming. Uh, live streaming is up across the board um, year over year, and they are uh, pulling up funds and paying creators a lot of money to actually start live streaming. Um, and there's creators that live stream every single week because that's the contract that they have. And that contract is uh, YouTube's taking all their ad revenue and any super chats that come through that live stream but they're giving them a very hefty uh, amount of money that's a guaranteed uh, that they don't have to do. It does. There's no guarantee on on viewership or anything. It's just based off of who they are and their audience size. Uh, but they're they're throwing a lot of money that way right now. And so uh, a lot of content creators are closing on big deals. They're not talking about them. Uh, but it, if you're really close in the industry, which I like to say really close in the industry, uh, it's happening. And it's it, there's a lot of creators that. Uh, um, are making, you know, well into eight figures, um, you know, to, to actually produce live content, uh, for a year. Well, and that's so, great news for me because I love live streaming and I go <laughs> yeah. live every week on my channel. 
Yeah, so that's that's where a lot of focus will be. They'll put a lot of resource. And then, um, you know, I, I look at the gaming side. They're trying to uh, uh, kind of step up uh, live stream and gaming. Uh, I think it goes hand in hand on, on the platform. But I would say the bulk of the money in R&D and in development and product design and, you know, how they're working with with creators right now is they're petrified of TikTok, which they should be because <laughs> Gen Z uh, and and the younger millennials are spending a lot more time on TikTok and less time on YouTube. And then it's really easy to share these fun little moments. Uh, but it's also enabling a new set of creators to come into the space that um, have a platform now and uh, to create content and share it with their friends. And it's kind of like what YouTube was in the olden days. Um, and I and I do mean that. It's just like back in the day when you weren't making money, but you're just doing it because you're passionate, love, and you want to create something cool, make your friends laugh. Um, and you know, I find myself even to this day sending more TikToks out to my my kids, um, you know, because they're my best friends in the world, and that's who, how we kind of communicate back and forth. You know, you know, we're just sending TikToks. I don't send as many uh, YouTube videos because it's just a different way to to engage. And I think TikTok's done a great job at facilitating that and making it possible to happen. And so you're seeing a shift on YouTube right now where, uh, you know, they started shorts in India uh, within app. They're moving here in the U.S. and they're, you know, getting it, you're getting all the bugs worked out. But uh, there'll be uh, a lot of uh, a lot of issues uh, with any any type of new integration in a right. very established platform. It's just that's the way it happens. It happens a lot slower because there's a lot of moving parts. And there's a lot of different things. And so, you know, sometimes things don't work as well, but they are putting massive amounts of resources behind it. And then two, um, you know, it's, I think it's a great opportunity for new creators to be discovered. Uh, but also, you know, a different style of, of content viewership is happening now on YouTube that could lead to something that TikTok can't do, which is, you know, you might tease them with something that grabs their attention and pulls them into a full video, um, which that is extremely powerful. And I'm, I'm excited where, where YouTube's going. And now, uh, not only are they putting product and the other stuff, but they, they're throwing money behind that as well. So, like, I like to follow the money. The money kind of tells the direction that they're going. Um, and you can see that uh, this is the hot commodity of, of YouTube uh, for this year. Um, that, now, that doesn't discount all the other stuff that's actually happening on the platform. Like it, they, they're trying to refine uh, the purpose of, of YouTube, which is to predict what the viewer want to watch. And they're doing a great job at the algorithm and, and AI is really learning and, and discovering new things. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of complexities to the platform. Uh, but that's that's basically where 2021, I believe, uh, where their main focus is going to be. And then two, uh, I, 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 um, they've never said this. Um, I've never seen it across the board, but I think they're going to work more on monetization, like figure out new ways for creators to make money. Um, it's been a very hot topic uh, with some high level uh, YouTube partner managers, like in the sense of, hey, you know, they're asking these questions. And I know, like, I've been around the block, you know, quite a few times. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, okay, um, I know why you're asking those questions, because you're trying to get reports to send back uh, to the higher ups to to make some decisions. Now, whether that happens this year or next year, I think there's gonna be a lot more ways that creators can make, make money outside of, of ad revenue on the platform. That's awesome. That's awesome. What a, what a great yeah. And I, I think vertical video, 
like you said, uh, it's it's about following where the attention is, right? Something I tell my clients is, is like, you have to, I mean, if anything COVID has taught us, and I'd love your thoughts on this, Daryl, is that we have to adapt. If we don't adapt, it's over, right? Like the thing about being a business owner is that you're always working. There is no punch out clock. There is no, same thing with running a YouTube channel or a YouTube business, right? Which is to me like so this is the golden age of opportunity. I hear so many people talk about it's saturated. It's this, it's that. It's just, I mean, I think this is the best opportunity to be a content creator, which is why Clubhouse has popped so much, is that everybody is dying for, you know, really good content and for things that serve them specifically. Do you get that question a lot, uh, uh, Daryl? Do you get that saturation question? What's your response to people Look, saying, why should I start a channel in, in 2021 when there's so many channels? I, I really love that question because the people that think it's saturated, if they don't come into the market, then it's not saturated. You know, that's the way I look at it. And for me, um, you can never uh, oversaturate great content, uh, great ways to connect. I truly do believe that uh, today, this year, uh, there's going to be new uh, breakout creators that's going to catch the the platform by storm. Uh, they're going to, everybody's going to talk about them and they're going to be doing great videos and it's going to happen every single year like it. And it's not like this magic little, uh, wand that says, Oh, we like this creator, but not this. It's like great content and way that you actually grow an audience and really engage that community is where people are anticipating your next video and the creativity level of the, this, this generation of creators is just off the chart. Like it's in a totally different stratosphere. Um, than, than ever before, because they're not bound by limits. They're just bound by their own creativity. And uh, you can see that with Mr. Beast, like he's doing stuff that I did, people wouldn't even remotely try to tackle, you know, but it doesn't even make him flinch at all. He's like, yeah, let's do it. You know? And, and so, it's so funny you mentioned Mr. Beast, Daryl, because last night in that insanely insane room, I don't even know how else to describe it. He said, you know, and, and, and this is, I don't think he's being dismissive. He's just saying, guys, Instead of worrying about the algorithm, instead of worrying about, you know, saturation, literally all you have to do is make sure that people click, make sure that they watch and just, that's it. And just deliver like yep. that's literally yep. YouTube. What are your thoughts on that, Daryl? I mean, he put well, it no, so I mean, succinctly. We're, we're, we're definitely in the same, the same mindset. It's like, if they don't click, they never watch, you know, and if you're uh, fulfilling on the promise of the title and the thumbnail you know, and you're bringing value, they're going to finish to the end. And if you brought enough value and it's easy to digest as a viewer and easy to share, you're going to talk about it. That's that water cooler moment that, you know, it used to happen in the eighties and nineties uh, where people says, Oh, did you see that Mr. Beast video where he ate the world's largest pizza? You know, it's like that type of conversation. Mr. Beast, first off, ate the world's largest pizza. You search it up and, you know, I ate the world's largest pizza. You know, it's just like, it's easy, uh, easy peasy from that. My regard. daughter makes us watch that over and over again. That Good. exact episode, like, because the reactions from the dude who is like the world championship of eating, it's like so gold. <laughs> Unbelievable. But uh, so so that's where the, the key is, but also the metric of people wanting to dive deeper into the content, right? So if they, they found value, hey, what else do they have? And so there's every day people are discovering uh, Mr. Beast on YouTube. They're discovering him on Facebook and they're finding his content and they're like, hmm, you know, I want to see what this kid's about. Or I got really laugh so hard. What else is going on? And they, they might watch five or six or seven videos. What was yeah. interesting that he said, Daryl, was that, 
he said that, you know, I was on the platform for years, like almost 10 years, right? Before he started, maybe eight years before he started getting traction. And he said something really interesting. I'd love your thoughts on it. He said, the reason I wasn't growing is because my videos didn't deserve the views. Yep. Like that's an amazing insight. Like it's hard for creators because we're so in love with, you know, uh, you know, it's very hard to be hypercritical. And at the same time, it's easy to be hypercritical, at least for me. Uh, yeah. And I love how you told uh, uh, Jimmy, you said, why is it every time we publish a video, you like immediately hate it because you see he's such a perfectionist. <laughs> um, one thing I well, wanted to ask I, I, you, dear. Yeah, go I ahead. I don't know if he's a perfectionist um, in, in that regard, but he he's on the quest to make the best content possible. And I think that's where um, like just love it. There's a difference between perfectionists because like, perfectionism would stop you ultimately from uploading because it's never going to be right, right? Uh, but he's like, no, this is a banger, this is great, and then he uploads it and he gets the data and he's like, oh, we could have done better here, 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 and here, you know, or this this sucks, let's change this out, right? And I think that's the the key is uh, you have to be willing to make the best creation that you possibly can in that content, put it out there for the world, but then learn about where the audience disconnected, where you disconnected from them as a content creator or educator, and then analyze that and adjust in future content. And I can say so good that there is no, no content creator out there. I don't care who you say, there's no content creator out there that even remotely is close to uh, what Mr. Beast is doing because he's super hypercritical um, and he's never satisfied with his videos. It can always be better but they're good enough to get it out the door, uh, to get it right for that upload. Right. And I, I just really quickly, Daryl, that's so good, by the way. Love that. I want to give a big shout out to everybody who's here in the chat and just let you know, we're going to talk about Daryl's book uh, very shortly. I've got a billion questions, but I'm only going to ask a few. If you have any questions in the chat for our uh, guest, Mr. Daryl Eves, like this guy is it when it comes to YouTube. He knows everything about it. Uh, and, and, and another reason I think he does is because he's so adamant about understanding the art and science. You know, the biggest mistake I made, Daryl, when I first started my YouTube channel four years ago, and I think a lot of people make this mistake, is that they just thought of it as like a... Uh, an almost like content library, like a repository for your content. When I started to finally figure out, Daryl, the art and science of it, which is so in-depth. Like when you say you obsess about YouTube, I almost feel akin to that because I don't know about how many creators here, but I spend and my wife will totally vouch for this. I spend hours in studio. I don't think I should be, by the way. I spend hours in YouTube studio like every day. Like, okay, let's see those green arrows. I love seeing those green arrows. It just drives me crazy when I don't see those green arrows and I want to just figure it out. And I think you're probably the same way, Daryl. But like, um, I, I just, I think it's so cool that, um, you know, if people just really understood that this is not just some place to slap it up there and throw it there and see what sticks, what you're saying is, is like, like really using uh, Mr. Beast as an example of this is really obsessing over what's going to make the viewer watch, obsessing over what, how can I make the best content possible? That's going to really get you cooking in 2021. Thank you. Uh, thank you to um, Joe for putting the link up there. And we do have a link to the book in the description. And I want to talk about the book just really quickly, Daryl, can I ask you this? So let me ask you this. So I have been um, experimenting with shorts and uh, I haven't seen anything out of ordinary, but I have a very specific granular question for you. I'm gonna still be doing shorts because it's so much fun, and I agree, and I've been telling clients this too, pay attention to nine by 16 aspect, vertical video is here to stay because of TikTok. 
Does it hurt your overall average watch time for your channel because it is so short if they don't hit? And how often would you kind of do them? How, how often should the experiment last? So I, I love the question. Um, and I'm going to just kind of correct you on a couple things. Is that okay? Um, Absolutely. I that, Please do. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that um, vertical video is here to stay because of this. This is a phone. And this is the natural way to look at the phone. This is awkward. This is not awkward. Awkward, not awkward. So it's, it's more about, you know, capturing selfie, you know, like, like literally try to, when someone's taking a selfie, like literally try, hey, I can take the picture. I guarantee you they're going to say, no, 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 we got this. And the reason why, it's not awkward for them. They're doing it. Even though it might look awkward, it doesn't feel awkward for that. And so I think that's the reason why vertical video is going to work. Um, and, um, I do think that TikTok's great. Um, you know, and I think that there's a lot of opportunity to, to do it. I think what makes TikTok unique is the tools that uh, it uses AI in editing, um, and really helps you become a better editor and put out better content. I think that's, what's actually beautiful about it, uh, because it takes a subpar piece of content, makes it amazing because it times it to music and has some pretty amazing uh, effects. And I think that YouTube should really pay attention to the tools uh, aspect of, of, of TikTok. Uh, but your question was uh, watch time. You know, does it impact the watch time of a channel? Now, this is where I love to deep dive. And I can honestly say there's not too many people that really go into the depth that I do. Um, believe it or not, I don't really care for green arrows. <laughs> you know, I'm more in advanced, <laughs> like I'm more in advanced mode. I want more detailed analytics than just a green arrow telling me that I'm doing a good job. Um, and and I, I don't mean that in like talking down or anything like that. It's just like I'm really obsessed by the advanced mode. Um, and I can tell you that um, every piece of content on YouTube that you that's in your uh, library, that's in your channel. YouTube looks at it differently, okay? So it's not like collectively, hey, this all doing it. Now, it collectively adds numbers up and you're able to see reports and analytics that way. But uh, one video is like, it, there's no relationship of that video uh, based on watch time or what other stuff. The only thing that would be in relationship is the viewing patterns and behavior. And then two, uh, what people have in their library, uh, I'm sorry, watch history that would start recommending your content because like, oh, you know, this creator, they watched 10 videos of this creator in the last 28 days. This creator just uploaded a short. Let's show them the short or let's show them that video. It's on the homepage. And that's where those traffic sources come in. And so um, I, I know this for a fact is that that every video is independent and will be promoted independently. And you can you could have turds on your website or your your channel, and you can put out an amazing piece of content, and that piece of content can perform. Uh, now it's not going to recommend the turds. Sorry, it's not. It will recommend uh, you know related content that would be the highest probability of people to click. And and if they don't have that click or the watch time of, of getting the people to the end of the video or have a really good average view duration and about a thousand different signals, <laughs> you know, then, then it might not be recommended, you know? And so that's kind of the way I look at it. So um, I, I want everyone to understand it. When you, when you pose a question like that, I don't look at the analytics at all. Um, I, I look at human behavior. Would it, would it disrupt the the viewing experience on your content and would it take the the person out of that experience that you've developed uh, a lot of trust in and would it 
cause confusion. So if it does, I would probably put it on a different channel. You know, if it doesn't, if it enhances it, if it's like, oh, here's a series that he does, um, that I'm able to get like a daily dip into this this uh, this channel creator, or you know, they're posting a little bit more frequently, then it makes sense. And then you just look look at it differently because I can guarantee you the algorithm for um, okay, so YouTube's run by an AI. And every traffic source, so shorts would be a traffic source, right? Um, would have its own algorithm, right? And wow, this is so good. And and then there's bots and certain things with there. So it's independent. And so it's not like it translates over. So you have a bad video on a short, and then you have this other traffic source on suggested. It's not going to impact that. Um, like just get that out of your mind. That is that huge. Not, not even remotely close what's happening. Thank so. you so much, Daryl. That is absolutely huge. You guys listened. I mean, this is gold. It's not about the analytics all the time. It's about human behavior. Well, and correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, Daryl, but even, even YouTube has said this, that the algorithm is governed by human behavior. Well, yeah. So, I mean, like this is, this is where like, I, I kind of get thrown under the bus with some people that, that teach YouTube optimization and stuff like that. And, I, and I'm okay with it. I, like, I've, I've, like I've already come to my realization of what optimization really means. It's like optimizing for humans is what we need to do. And that's what the algorithm looks for. But when, when YouTube, when you upload something, of course the metadata means something. Uh, like I just started a brand new YouTube channel yesterday. Okay. And, oh, and wow. like, like, it's just something like we, we start one or two a year and we just started this one. So, and, and this is like context. I'm not going to share the channel because just the nature of my business. Um, I like to keep things, uh, kind of on the DL because everybody's like, oh, he's done all the best optimization and everything. And they copy me and I don't need any competition there. But uh, taking a look at it today, um, you know, and this is the strategy. We have 92 views on our first video. And that's not that's not bad. I mean, for only being released uh, for, you know, about 20, you know, about 26 hours. It's not it's not bad. Now, what's interesting is it's actually performing a little bit higher than I thought. And uh, when I kind of uh, drive down into it, I'm just like looking at it right now and I want to see exactly, you know, what, where the traffic's come from. Uh, 80% of all the traffic is coming from YouTube search. That's no surprise. That's where I thought the traffic was going to generate because it was really important. Now, here's the cool thing is um, of those 93 views that's happened in, in the last, you know, uh, 26 hours or whatever, you know, we had eight, uh, eight, eight minutes, 55 seconds uh, retention. That's really good on a 10 minute freaking video. Okay. And it's going to only take a little bit of time before YouTube says, oh, okay, we're going to do it. Now I, I I'm looking for those indicators. Um, we're, we're probably going to double the amount of views, you know, by the time that we release the next video on Saturday. Uh, but what's interesting is there's a couple indicators I look for when um, traffic sources come up and I'm probably the most sensitive on traffic sources. There's not other creator that really deep dives into it. And that's why I don't really care about the green arrows because I care about traffic sources and, and the stuff that's in there. Uh, but my next traffic source in the last uh, 48 hours is other YouTube features. Okay. And, and that has like uh, 5.4%. Uh, and then I have browse feature, which is homepage and subscription feed, uh, which it's not subscription because we don't have any subscribers yet. I, I guess we have uh, uh, six now so far. Uh, but it's like, you know, that that's bringing another 5.3% and then suggested videos. So like it, it's doing its job getting it out there. Now, the difference would be is 
Um, I and this is where I kind of get thrown under the bus because I'm like, I really don't like search traffic. And they're like, oh yeah, you know, you you're just like poo-pooing on this. I'm like, no, 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 it's not that. It's like I, I'll use search traffic for what it's intended to do. I want people to search and find, but I want to have them find so much value that they'll want to watch more and they won't need to go search for it because you know they'll want to click on that next video which is in next up and that will get that suggested view. And then two, when they come back to YouTube, it'll be on the homepage and then that will be that browse feature view. And so that's the goal that I have. Yeah, let's use the traffic source what it is, but eventually I want like literally search traffic to be maybe 1% of all views. And the reason why is because 75% of all views that happen today on YouTube come from YouTube's, uh, the AI recommending the content for me to watch. And, and that right there, once you can wrap your mind around that, that's where massive growth goes. I see it every day. It, it's really, really important to understand that. So that being said, now when, when I'm starting a new channel, I'm very particular on traffic, the momentum of traffic, and then what the viewer will do next. And so now, uh, believe it or not, my best video of all time for this channel uh, comes out on Saturday. And it's really freaking good. Like, it's really good. Wow. Um, we spent a lot of time on it and ideation and understanding and going from it. We spent a lot of time on it. And the reason why I want it so good is because now, uh, you know, it should be about 200 or uh, or so uh, views by the time, um, you know, this jumps out. Sorry, I'm getting a text. I, I forgot to hit. Uh... <sighs> Mr. Beast wanted to chat. So <laughs> uh, tell him to come on over. <laughs> Uh, but like I'll have a 200 and some odd views and then that's 200 and some odd people that have that one video in the watch history. Right. Um, and that's really, really important. And so when I release another video, it, I, I have the highest probability that my next video that could entice the person that just watched the other one that searched out and found that video is now going to see my second video on browse feature, which is homepage. And it will show up on some, uh, you know, the, if anyone hit notifications, it might come through notifications or it will come through subscription feed. And so like for me, I, I obsess with that because once you understand the natural form of how people watch content and you can get them to do that uh, specifically and how many of your videos did they watch uh, in the last little bit? Cause that, that will be videos that's in their watch history. Uh, the AI looks at that and then it looks for patterns of like-minded people that have similar viewing histories and, and, and the type of content and they start to pull this data together. Um, and that's where you see massive growth. And I, I can honestly say that like, that right there, when that occurred, when the when YouTube switched over to the AI, is where I, like I literally developed the formula to to you know grow audiences because it's about people and it's about providing value for that people and getting people to want to want want to watch more, um, and and that's that's kind of human nature. That's why I'm a student of that uh, for sure. And I love that. And, and here's here's just a follow up question to that, Daryl, because I think a lot of people do. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm one of them. I'm guilty of this. Um, you know, if I'm understanding you correctly, and please, please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you know, you want to optimize for the audience, for the viewer. Uh, rather than, you know, solely focusing on search? Or are you saying don't focus so much on SEO keyword and search? Well, no, like what I'm saying is humans respond to keywords. Like I could give you a word that would provoke curiosity for you uh, and you'll want to figure out what's in that video. Like, they, like I don't want to discount that at all. And then, then too, 
there is weights of what people are searching for. You know, there's, there's different keyword and trends that you, you go by, but like, don't like think that that's your, 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 your end all solution to success. Got it. Got it. Because, okay. Yeah. Because even if you rank, it's only a matter of time before you you're not ranked anymore because it doesn't matter how amazing it is because it's either doesn't have the search volume or people are not interested enough to when they see your results that they're going to click on it. And there's right. a reason why we're getting clicks right now that I knew that that thumbnail would actually perform. I understood that that title would perform in search, you know, but it's optimized for humans and it's getting people like, oh, that's really interesting. You know, you know they, they click on it. And so at at the end of the day, that's what we need to do is take a step back and realize, okay, yeah, let's have those key words that are amplifiers that will pull uh, curiosity in from the people. And then it'll also show up in recommendations based off of, you know, keyword things. But as soon as YouTube has the data, the data it's looking for is viewing behavior. As soon as it has that, it throws all that other stuff aside. And it's a very minuscule amount of that correlation data because it's more about people uh than it is about you know keywords um mm. and 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 once it's like because like i mean imagine this like let's just say that you had a video that has a hundred thousand views okay and of that hundred thousand views you have thirty thousand that like uh, uh similar channels they like similar videos they've watched similar videos in the last 28 days okay and if if some of that that content that is being consumed by those those people Okay, that group, when a video comes out by something that would be related uh, in patterns that this this uh, group would respond to, what is YouTube going to do with that? Well, I can tell you what it's going to do. It's going to put it on the YouTube homepage for them because that unique experience based off of their viewing patterns and behavior, you now have 30,000 people that's going to see that title and that thumbnail that's going to get an impression on that homepage. And then whatever they do to that, well, based off of it gets to send out more. If it triggers, it says, oh, this is higher than normal for this group of people. Let's get it out to more people. And I like that alone, like once you get it out to more people, that the YouTube will always in, increase impressions until it 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 either saturates the the sample size that it's going after or it actually extends it out to a larger sample size and gets it out to more people. And I've seen that time and time again. I think Mr. Beast is uh, brilliant at that, um, you know, cause it, it started with a small hardcore and then now it goes out now it goes to like general, like everybody's going to see it. It's going to be on trending. It's going to be across the board. People are writing blogs on it. People are, you know, there's so much stuff happening off of YouTube. That's talking about stuff that he's doing on YouTube. It goes out to a way general audience. And so when you're getting billions of impressions, of course, you know, that's going to go and translate into to views. I love that. And, and if I may just kind of kind of uh, put button up that topic, uh, Daryl, because it's so interesting. Do you think so? So I love that you said you don't discount search, obviously. And you hear all these people talk about, well, YouTube's the second largest search engine on the planet. So you have to understand search. Would you say that the biggest mistake that YouTubers make is they focus too much on search? Um, I think they focus too much on optimizing the wrong things. Um, yeah. And, and gotcha. what, what, you know, like I, I, I do consults all the time and they're like, Oh no, this is perfectly optimized. Like, I don't even know what this title means. Like, yeah, you have all the keywords, but I'm not going to click on that. There's never a million years I'm going to click on <laughs> Right. That. I know that feeling. You know, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, come on, like, let's, let's like at least have some logic and reason here. It's like Google. You know? It's like, it's like, it's like Microsoft Windows. You want to click. It's like, what? 
yeah, no, it's it's like really, really harsh. And I'm like, okay, like I I I won't necessarily click on it because I'm gonna think that it's you know, I, I already have. I've been on YouTube long enough that I think you know, it, it's going to be deceptive or it's going to be not very good. You know, and, I want to respect but, your time, Daryl. So last question on that topic. Thank you so much for just dropping fire yeah. here. Um, do you have any secrets or not secret sauces, but what would you say? Like when you're, when you're trying to create a compelling title, um, you know, and not just focus it on that kind of, uh, archaic or automatic, uh, kind of robotic vibe of a title. Do you have any like, you know, like I'm sure because you're so analytical and methodical, do you have like a list of power, pathos, emotional verbiage or words, or do you have anything like that when you're, when you're creating titles? Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, what is the video about, you know, and if it's interesting, then let's figure out a title. So, I mean, I think the big thing would be what would cause curiosity because curiosity earns the click every single time. Like I'm interested in learning this, or I'm interested in what's going on here. I'm interested in what's going to happen, you know, so that, that is human nature one-on-one. Um, and so of course you're going to have a keyword amplifier in it. Right. So that, that needs to be in there. Um, but it's like, what is the video about? What's going to be that action that, that is going to happen or the value or what is the offering that you're saying the video is going to be about? And so okay, I, I like it. to make it as simple as possible. It should be really, really easy to digest. Like, like worlds, uh, uh, like I ate the largest pizza <laughs> like, like that because then people can talk about it. Right. And if it was engaging and if you fulfill on that promise, then it's, then it's powerful. Now, that being said, there is some complexities and there's ways to, to look at things. And there, you know, that's why I believe that um, when people uh, pose a question that it's really powerful too, because I, I have that question. I wonder what's going on, you know? And so I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of great opportunities there, but I think what we need to do is uh, of course, do our due diligence on, Hey, if I use uh, like, I'll give you an example and this is truth. Okay. But if, if I was doing uh, a video and I needed uh, to have uh, a game console and I had a choice between Xbox and PlayStation 5, um, there's never in a million years would you ever get me to do on an Xbox. Even though that I own an Xbox, I do PlayStation 5 for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, Sony actually buys ads. And you can get usually three to four X more amount of money just by using a PlayStation versus Xbox. Microsoft, they don't spend money. They, they, they literally just hold it like this and, and they might pay a little dollar here or there, but they don't spend. So like, I know I'm going to make more money on using just a different type of, of, of um, product in the video. So then it's coming up with it. And then you can look at, you know, PlayStation five has been trending lately. Like, I don't even know the net last time that Xbox was ever trending, you know? And so it's just like, hey, you know, there, there's a higher relevance and people are talking about it. People are fighting over it. They're trying to, you know, buy these Xbox and people putting on Amazon or uh, eBay and paying thousands of dollars to just to get their hands on one. And so there's a lot of, of, of excitement around that. So then it's like, okay, how do I make it interesting for the viewer? Because, of course, it's going to cause interest and we're going to make more money just based off the product, right? Uh, now let's figure out how can we get people to click and what would make sense with the type of content that I'm doing. I mean, that's love that. Look at it. 
Love that. That's great. And I want to get a couple of questions from the audience, uh, Daryl, and then I want to talk about the YouTube formula, which, uh, by the way, guys, and uh, I have this right here. I just want to show you really quickly before I get to a couple of your questions. Uh, the YouTube formula, which is Daryl's brand new book, which you can get on a pre-order. Look at that perfect thumbnail face right there. Oh, dear. <laughs> But uh, I, I left a link to that in the um, description down below. And I think even um, one of my mods, thank you, Joseph, has uh, left that uh, in the comments as well. Uh, Daryl, I have a question about average view per viewer. Um, what are your thoughts on average view per viewer? How do you, how do you uh, strategize that? You know, um, like you always want to increase that. So that that's your popularity. So like um, a couple of years ago, I, uh, you mentioned I kind of get a state of the union at, at Vid Summit and I, and I generally do. And I kind of talk about what to look for and where I think that YouTube is going to put a lot of focus in on um, their attention. Um, and I, I, I gave a talk about, you know, about uh, acquisition. Okay. And then retention and churn. And those are the metrics that YouTube is looking at currently. Um, and two years ago, I was like literally went on stage and talked about it. And then that, that, um, that, a retention rate is the average view per viewer, right? So it's like how many people watch your videos, okay? Um, and how many videos do they watch in a given period? And and that right there is high. So like if you're like at 1.2, then they only watched one and just a little bit, right? On an average. Um, and your your goal is to get them to binge watch, right? Because that's fulfilling with what YouTube's wanting, which is getting them to watch what they want and then watch more. You know, that's basically uh, what YouTube is doing. And if you're that content creator or, you know, um, person that's bringing that value, uh, that's what YouTube is saying. Oh, okay, it, it, this is working. So let's go find more people like that. Because if we can find more people like that, they'll actually watch more videos. They'll stay on the platform longer. And so let's suggest that out. Let's recommend that out to like-minded uh, viewers and see if they have that same response. And they'll test it. And if it, if it responds in a positive way, guess what happens? they'll keep on doing it until it doesn't, you know, and then you might see it go down and then, you know, in 45 days, they might try it again, you know, and that's kind of that beautiful thing that the AI does is just predict what the viewer would want to watch. And sometimes you're seeing a, you know, four or five year old video and it's still surfacing up because it still, you know, brings value to people that are discovering it. And YouTube knows that is a certain type of viewer that, uh, that they're going to click on and go from there. So that's, that's what I look for. And so uh, we're always trying to increase that, you know um, and you, you know, most creators are at one or two uh, in a 28 day period and they're releasing four videos. So that means that, you know, maybe that average is like one ish. That's not very good odds of getting people to retain. Uh, yeah. They might watch one in that given time, but you don't know if, if it's like a low percentage of, of subscriber to view ratio where the actual subscribers are watching that content. Um, or if it is, you know, getting them to watch more than one video, you know, I mean, you're competing with a lot of things and I don't think it's oversaturated. I think you have to give them a reason why they want to watch it. And that's where that creativity and really connecting with uh, predicting what the viewers want to watch as a creator is, is so key. Love it. Love it. So I want to segue into the book. Uh, I want to talk about this. Thank you so much, Daryl. Uh, thank Me, you, Chad. The, the chat is on <laughs> the book. Yes. There's the YouTube face. I love it. <laughs> Everybody's like, why do you do that face? Well, I can tell you. 
It's my face. I've been doing it since the third grade. So, I mean, <laughs> why, why change? I don't need to conform, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So is this your is this your first book on this specific topic, Daryl? I've never written a book before. This okay, book. that's what I thought because I was yeah. doing some research. Okay, cool. Do you want to talk about the kind of the origination and the sort of why now? Why is this book coming out now and what, what can we expect? Talk about it. Yeah. So um, anyone that knows me that know that I'm goal centered, um, like goals are like the most important part of my, my um, improvement as a person, as a human. Um, and so I'm looking to improve all aspects of my life. And uh, I, I work in kind of these weird three year increments. Okay. <laughs> and, and, um, every July I just, I set my goals, uh, for the next three years. And I like, this would be my three year goal, what I want to do in three years. And I believe that that gives us enough time, um, to, you know, to do those things. And so usually I do that in July and I think about it and refine it for about six months and then come January, um, you know, I, I, I try to make that happen within that year. So like my three-year goals become my two-year goals. My two-year goals become my one-year goal. My one-year becomes my six-month goal. My six-month goal becomes the things that I'm doing right now in my life to improve. And so I'm, I'm very centered and, and, and focus on where I want to be. And so I'm very methodical on that path. But once I'm in, I, I just, I, I go after it. Right. So, um, th three years ago, I, I put that out there like, Hey, I really want to contribute. Um, I've always wanted to write a book cause I'm a, I'm an audiobook junkie. Like I, I go through, you know, maybe 70, 80, 90 books a year, if not more, um, and I, I feel like I have value and I think the type of audience that would, um, learn in an audio setting or a written setting, um, you know, they, they deserve it. And so like, for me, it's always, maybe if I have a free moment to make a video, maybe if I have a free moment to give a presentation. And so there's a lot of things that I've worked with clients, uh, that I've never shared before. And, um, it's not that I was trying to hold back. It's just, it takes time and, and realistically for you to understand, um, the reasoning behind it, you have to give context. And I don't, I don't have time to give context of every little thing that I teach. And then you'll have all these naysayers. Oh, you do this because of that. And you're not thinking about this, but they don't realize that they're idiots because they're thinking about one thing that has nothing, no relationship to the other. So that's kind of why I uh, decided to write a book. And then, um, you know, I just believe I, I, I've been working with my staff. We got some scripts and got some stuff going a couple of years ago. And I'm like, I just don't like it because the YouTube changes so frequently. Um, I, I need to figure out the best way to present it. And so I, I wrote like three or four different versions of it. And I, I and I wasn't going to give up because I don't I don't give up. I just analyze and adjust. That's just me. And I go, OK, I, I'm, I'm heading to Singapore. I'm going to uh, talk to TikTok uh, corporate. I'm going to do some stuff um, in Asia. And then I'm going to take a, a month break and I'm going to go to Hawaii and take some time off and just, just think about how I'm going to do this. Cause I only got one year left to make it happen. And um, I was, I was actually um, coming back from Singapore and we just, just rounding up the kids. So we we're just going to head to Hawaii. And um, the, I, I got this random email and it's from a major publisher, uh, Wiley Books. And they're like, hey, nice. You know, we, we've been around for a long time and we really, 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 really like your style of, of training and presentation. Have you ever considered writing a book? I'm like, oh, man. And so it was like serendipitous. Um, you know, the, and so what I was doing in Hawaii was like coming up with an outline and, um, you know, kind of putting it there. And I, I'll be honest with you, the. The key to it was as soon as I could wrap my head around how to present the information without giving misinformation of things that could change, 
um, then then it all come together. And it was like, it was like breaking up in three parts and and really covering the things that I truly do believe that's important. So it's about history. Um, the history of YouTube, I think you can learn so much by history. That's why I'm a history buff. I love it. Um, but it's more about the, the platform, what's intended to do. Um, and that would include the algorithm, AI, and you know the history behind it and where they're at right now. And then um, the opportunity is part two, um, like all the different avenues to make money because it is about you know uh, making money. Uh, and then the end part would be the YouTube formula, which is the human formula. If I was going to say what it is, it's just understanding how humans respond to content online. Um, and, and that's, that's basically the indicators, what to look for and what's actually important to, to focus in on. And so the cool thing about it, and this is what I'm really excited about is the forward was written by Mr. Beast himself. A lot of the, boom, a lot of the, um, uh, uh, you know, examples that I use are from students and from clients and a lot from Mr. Beast himself, because I've been working with him for, for quite some time. So it's just like, there's a lot to learn. And I think that um, both him and I are, are passionate about just sharing uh, when we have the available time. And I thought this is a, a great way to share when I can't get on stage or make a video, it's just going to be there for people. So this is more of an evergreen model. Uh, to really help the up and coming YouTuber or business owner or brand uh, really stop making mistakes and make an impact in the world. So Sometimes I, I also feel this too, because I've, I've written some books too, uh, Daryl. Uh, and you know, I'm a business communications professor too. And one of the things I like about you and what I think the top creators possess, uh, you know, I'm not your average professor, that's for sure. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's, we talk a lot about science, technology, engineering, math, etc. history, which I love those pursuits, but communication is not taught enough and how to communicate. I mean, I was with my wife, just a really quick short story. Uh, you know, my, my kids are doing online learning because of COVID is just out of control here in Southern California. And I'm overhearing the teacher talking about just ridiculous things. I don't want to get on a rant on education, but I told my wife, you know, if they actually you can, taught you can a class, I'm all for it, but go ahead. You know what? You know what, Daryl? I told my wife, I go, if they taught a class on YouTube, how to create a YouTube channel, like think about this, Daryl, and everybody listening. And I see a lot of people say they already pre-ordered the book, which is awesome. I mean, you're going to learn about communication. You're going to learn about sales, marketing. Uh, you're going to learn about networking, connecting, yeah. storytelling. Like that would be more valuable than a stupid class that says if Jimmy got on train B and Lucy got on train C and they both met in Connecticut and had tea, who cares? Yeah, I, I think that, um, and, and don't get me going on, um, on, on that <laughs> um, I actually, in my acknowledgement, I acknowledge my third grade teacher and um, it's the last paragraph of the book, like literally last paragraph. And uh, it's basically my stance on on that. Um, I I was kind of uh, singled out because I was hyper and I wanted to consume what I love to consume and I didn't really care to conform. And so I spent a lot of time in the corner, um, you know, nose in the corner why the class is doing stuff that, that I was interested in. And um, the, the teacher used it for humiliation and trying to teach me a lesson. But all it did, would it cemented me into like, I'm never going to conform to their way, the old way of doing things. And I think what we need to do as, as a society is embrace information and, and let's not try to restrict it. And um, let's, let's give people access to information. So I'm like really, really bullish when it comes to 
you know, global internet, satellite internet that Elon Musk is doing because it's going to give people access to education that don't have access currently right now at speeds that they can actually consume and be educated themselves. And then they can actually find what they're interested in and their passion. And a lot of that will be done through YouTube, a lot of YouTube videos. Like you have MIT, you have Harvard, you have Stanford that actually have class instructions on it. And if they don't want to sit through a boring thing, they can find Mark Rober or someone like that. (laughs) Exactly. You know, but it's like they, they, they can find their passions and then they can consume as fast as they want. And I, I think the thing for me, and this is what I learned really quickly, is um, when I want to learn something, I don't want to be slowed down. I don't want to have a speed limit put on me. Exactly. You know? and, and I think that is what the upcoming yes. generation is. And we need to facilitate that. And I, I think that um, my parents um, caught that at an early age and they they gave me opportunity to actually uh, be obsessed with things. And um, and so I, I put a very harsh statement. I didn't call it my third grade teacher by name, but I put it in there that, you know, I'm grateful that she did it because she just literally ignited the pilot light that's in me to never conform and never, never look at that's the only way to do things. And that's why I've been successful in so many different aspects because I don't accept that that's the only way to do things. There has to be a better way. There has to be an option. And when you take the data for what it is and you analyze and adjust, there's nothing impossible that we that, that it's out there. We can literally figure it out. Oh my God, out. I love this. We just have to, we have to lear- learn how to look at it differently, take a step back, analyze what we did right and what we did wrong, and then try and then take the data in and not be discouraged by it, but try, try again until you find a way to do it. And I, I can honestly say... Um, and when you look at all the accolades and everything I've done, it's not really me. It's just, I just don't give up and I don't really conform to say, okay, we can't do that. I just, I don't accept that. Um, and I, I don't believe that. And yes, um, it, it might cause, uh, gray hairs and issues, um, in my life, but that's, that's who I am. I just, I will not give up. And I think that's the whole essence of anyone's journey. You have to be passionate enough and understand where you want to be and then really do whatever you can ethically. Uh, I want to put that in there ethically to get where you need to be. And I, I think that would make uh, our humanity a lot better. And I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of people that, that hate on Elon Musk and I love Elon because oh. he's the same way. He doesn't give up and he has like a master vision. Like he, he wants to literally save humanity by giving us an option if anything ever happened to this earth. Right. And, and if you look at everything that he's done outside of a uh, PayPal uh, you know, when, when he went to PayPal, it was leading to that end goal. You know, there's a solar, solar power. Well, they need solar power. They need better batteries. They need the mechanics and, and all the little fine details that's happening in Tesla. It's not necessarily Tesla is going to get us to the moon, but it is because all those little things go hand in hand with SpaceX, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, but it all comes together and you can see the master plan in it. And I, like, what I love about it is like, he literally tried to get uh, a conversation with the head of Apple uh, to buy Tesla because it was going, I can't under. believe that he, they didn't take the meeting. They wouldn't even take the meeting, you know, and <clears throat> that, that goes to show is, you know, lack of foresight. All he wanted to do is actually go where he wanted it to be, which is his main goal. And he, money doesn't really mean anything to him. It's means to an end. You know, he'll re- he'll literally invest every every dollar that he can to get what he truly wants. And I can honestly say, 
when when it comes to YouTube, uh, Mr. Beast is the same way. He will put every single penny into that 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 moment of getting him where he wants to be. And you know um, what you said the other day in the room, uh, uh, Daryl. This is why I love Daryl so much. Uh, not only does he just absolutely give, give, and serve, but he's generous and kind. And I'm going to embarrass him for a second, for just a second, because in the in the room that I was in three or four days ago, and there was a lot of big names in there. It wasn't Mr. Beast, but there was a lot of big names in there. And Daryl said, you can learn something from anybody. I don't care if you have zero subscribers. I don't care if you have 100,000 subscribers. I don't care if you know you have 10 subscribers. He said he could learn just as much from beginning YouTubers as he could from you know somebody who's a veteran. And so the fact that he treats everybody like a human being, and then he came up with an example where Mr. Beast reached out to influencers and they didn't give him the time of day, and then he blew up and these same guys messaged him. And Mr. Beast is like, are you kidding me? Like, look at these d d DMs. Like, I'm not going to, why would I want to work with you now? Being human, being human is so key. I love, Daryl, you know what? We need to have you on again so we can do a, a, a human mastermind. <laughs> no, but here's really that, quickly. Right. Yeah, go ahead. I, I think, I think the big thing more than anything else, and I, I know that the, the nature of this podcast and, and this live stream and stuff like that, but I, I think that the essence is, you know, we all have opportunity. You have to be passionate about. It. Now, I I kind of get thrown under the bus because people look at, um, you know, my how to YouTube channels and and view that for my success, and they don't know that I I own, you know, a lot of channels. Um, and you can see in the video for that uh, of how many play buttons I have. Those are actually play buttons of the channel. Gold play buttons too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we got quite a few of those. But it's like the reality <laughs> is, it doesn't matter. You have to be passionate about it. But for me it comes back down to economics, right? So it's like, if I have a channel that, that makes, you know, eight figures in, in a year, and then a channel that makes maybe $10,000 in a year or $20,000, where would you put your attention and focus? And for me, um, I like to create, uh, like what I, what I uh, geek out over is doing stuff and then creating a system that it can run on its own. <laughs> that is literally the story of my life. And, and it I takes a lot it. of time, energy and effort. And that's the reason why I have multiple businesses because I love it because then I can go and do the next project and the next project and the next project. However, it all has synergy to a specific direction. So IE, I'm not calling myself not even remotely close to Elon Musk, but how SpaceX and Solar City, you know, combined, uh, you know, they bought, you know, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, SpaceX uh, is its own thing, but it was Tesla and Solar City combined. Um, it made sense right, because right, yeah. uh, because it it was the same guys coming in and it go, going from there, but all the stuff that I do is all synergistic of the, the the end goal that I would like to achieve, you know. And I've been able to do some uh, amazing things, but it's coming back down to following my passions and then putting my priority to uh, where my day should be, and and put the focus in having uh, people that I trust and I can teach and trust and let them take the reins of something that I'm passionate about, but I want that passion to translate down. So they're just as passionate as I am. And then I'm surrounded by uh, amazing people helping me accomplish what I want to do. Uh, which okay. Is I have a question from Paul Peck, uh, Daryl really quickly. Mm -hmm. And what you just said was golden. By the way, Daryl, the next time you're in Southern California, I want to say this publicly and live, not only do you and I need to get lunch, but I want you to come talk to my business students okay. because literally like these kids, they get they don't get anywhere near what we're doing in this master class on this live stream what they do in the classroom and so you are cordially invited 
I teach uh, at Chapman University. I don't know if you've ever heard, it's a private university. And so uh, you are cordially invited next time you're in Southern California, as, as long as it's not like winter break or summer, <laughs> you are, uh, uh, I want you to come talk to my business students because I know that you're not just a, a, a YouTube consultant, you run businesses. So yeah. you know the business side of most things, not just uh, you know uh, plainly or solely from a YouTube perspective, but from a macro perspective too. Okay, I'm gonna answer this question, Daryl, and I want you to say, Nez, good job, or Nez, you're wrong. So Paul says, hey, Daryl, does it matter if, I'm going to try to find his question so I can bring it up too. So Paul says, does it matter if you separate your videos? Does it still matter if you separate your videos every 48 hours, like you upload and wait two days? I'm going to answer this, and I want Daryl to correct me. No, it doesn't matter. YouTube doesn't care. You can upload every single day. It all depends on your audience and your viewers' pattern be, viewer behavior patterns. Am I right about that, Daryl, or not? Um, yeah, I mean, there, there. Oh darn! I hope I was hoping no, I was no, no. right. There, there is some complexity <laughs> because, like, if like, and this this is about uploading multiple videos. Okay, so um, once again, I'm sensitive to traffic source, right? So if your main traffic source in the first 48 hours of a release of video is the home page, which is browse feature, okay. Um, generally, that's what it is. If you have a great audience and, and and you're going from there, that's generally where your traffic will come from. You get that first boost of, of, of views and then it'll kind of translate over to suggest, suggested traffic. Um, and so if that's, if that's the case, what it is, you upload two videos. Now the viewer has to choose between your videos. Okay. They might like this one over this one. And you just now had them click on something and the other one got an impression and they clicked through it went down on another. And so if that's kind of your strategy is there now, keep in mind the AI is smart enough and it's going to recommend what the viewer wants to watch, but it's going to have to make a decision because it's, it's fresh content. It's like literally fresh content coming out. And so, Oh, that's so um, good. I, I do want to say this though. Um, uh, the, like there's strategies that you can upload 46 to 86 videos a day and it wouldn't impact your channel in a bad way. Wow. Uh, it wouldn't impact the viewer in a bad way. It's just based off of your approach and what you're trying to do. And so if, you're, if your traffic source is suggested videos and it's more on the evergreen, you can upload as many videos as you want if it's just, if it's just suggested videos because now it has relationship data of, of keywords and the video type that, that people can go to. Um, and you, you literally go, uh, go to Social Blade and look how many videos WWE has put up. And you can see that they're one of the most watched channels on YouTube because of how vast their library is. And so, you know, there's different approaches. I don't like to, um, like I said, I don't like to conform to one way. I like to look at and analyze what is the best path and then create a plan around that. Because it does make sense if you have a vast amount of library. And I've, I've given that consultation a lot to different creators and, and different brands that have a vast resource of content that would be better meant for that strategy. And then two, there's a lot of people that just wanna do this 24 seven, and so they don't mind going daily. And I don't think that's a bad thing either, as long as you know it's about the viewer and the viewing experience, but it's more about you know where the traffic's coming from and how it makes sense. Uh, I do want to close on this. This is an example I have in the book, but um, I had this really, really, really big YouTuber uh, reach out and and wanted me to really go in deep dive into his channel. It's called Channel Auto. I do those all the time. And um, it's not cheap to do those because um, I have to really kind of get my mind wrapped around, you know, what they're trying to do and their audience and so on. And 
um, I, I gave this creator a list and he was getting uh, right about uh, you know, 84,000 or 84 million uh, video views a month. So, I mean, people would see, see that as successful, right? And um, we kind of went down and I, I, I made a couple notes and he was uploading twice a day. And um, he, he did all the optimization on everything that we did and it increased. And I says, okay, I want you to do that first because I want you to see uh, the, the results that he gets. But this one tip that I'm going to give you is going to double your views. And he's like, ah, 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 you know, that's all it was. I, I mean, it was literally like that. <laughs> and that one tip was, we got to understand when people are watching your videos and then space it out. So they have enough time to watch both videos. That was it. Instead of doing it the way that he was, he was doing it and you will get double the views based off of, instead of having them choose, and he's still doing it two days a week or two days, a, uh, or two uh, uploads a day. And so we just spaced it out. Uh, I, I was mistaken. He didn't double his views, but he got 225 million video views a month instead of 84. And so like that one tip was just That's more amazing. About viewing patterns and behavior. And I'm not saying that, hey, the time of release is going to solve all your problems. If it's piss poor content, it's not going to do anything for you, right? Like he had great quality content, had a great following. It was more just really catering to something that he never did before in all time that he's been on YouTube because he thought, oh, no, no, my audience likes it this way. Well, no, they only like it this way because that was the only option you gave them. You know, let's test this out for a month and see what happens. And guess what happened? That's amazing. <laughs> like, That's it, like, amazing. It, it transformed his life. Like it right. literally, it, it, you know, because it wasn't increasing the workload or anything like that. It was just like, okay, um, you know, I'm doing the same thing, but it's just doing it in a different way and it's yielding better results. And so that's the analyzing and adjust phase. Um, that 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 is the essence, I can honestly say, um, of chapter chapter one uh, is talking about how YouTube, YouTube actually analyzed and adjust. And then the end chapter, the last chapter of the book is the process of why you always want to analyze and adjust. And you can tell that that's the nature of who I am. It's like, okay, if, if it's not hitting, there's something off and you just need to know how to measure it. You need to know what to look for. And once you understand that, that formula, um, you know, then you can say, okay, I underperformed here, performed here. Let's adjust it and test it. And then you see the content, see the results, adjust it and test it. And once you're able to do that, then you're actually getting better performing videos. And, uh, you know, but that actually be wanted, that actually that humans want to watch, <laughs> you know, they want to click and watch. And when that happens, then you analyze and adjust because it should be getting better every time you put out content because you have data now of what people like, how they respond. Right you know, the way that they're integrated into your, into your world, you can see a lot of the data points, but there, the YouTube uh, analytics is so awesome, but I do believe that 95% of all creators look at the wrong things. And it's not that YouTube's giving us, it's, there's so much to take in. Um, and, and they're doing like, and, and this is not to run you over with a bus, but it's like, you're giving you green arrow saying you're doing good but it doesn't tell you how to improve. Now they're giving uh, these little things. Oh, you've done this. And if you do this, they'll help give you better results. And they're starting to do that now in analytics, which is super great. But still, even to the, to the, to the point, we should literally only obsess over the content. The content is the title, thumbnail, and the video and, and what people do next. And if you really obsess over that, all the other stuff doesn't really mean anything. You know? And it's just, it. it's, just, it's, just, it's just context of how well things perform. 
you know, because if, it, you know, something's going to perform differently if it's found through search than it will on browse feature. It just naturally will because people are searching for something and when they discover it, you're going to see a higher drop-off rate. They really will because if you don't provide the value, what they're looking for immediately, they're going to drop off. And when somebody finds it through browse, you know, they, they've actually already integrated with content that's similar to that. And so it's viewed a little bit differently. It's discovering the viewer. And um, that's that's something that we need to look at. And, you know, once you understand those dynamics, and I, I actually cover it in detail in the book and with my students, it's just like I go way in depth on it. It gives you a better understanding of people and how things respond. And there's, there's patterns of success out there. And I think um, the most arrogant thing that most creators have is, why does this channel have so many views and, and I can't even get seen? YouTube's out to get me. I'm like, no, it's because your content sucks you know? <laughs> and, and, and their right. content doesn't. But it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. They don't get how that is even possible. Well, I'm like, you might not be the target audience, so it doesn't make sense to you. you know. And so like at the end of the day, let's take a step back and realize who we're creating content for and then look for those indicators and the signs of how to improve our content for them. You know, and more, and, so more is not necessarily better. More is not necessarily better. Yeah. I mean, Mr. Beast does a video. I've noticed that Mr. Beast does like, uh, I mean, his last video was a couple weeks ago, wasn't it? They're not really back to back, are they? Um, they, they, they tend to be like, if you look at, um, like January's notorious of low CPMs, like why spend a lot of money when you're not making a lot of money back. Right. And so I noticed that I yeah, noticed that and there's other, there's other things. I mean, like he's very smart and strategic, you know, and there's like, when you do the, the mad dash in fourth quarter, cause that's the most profitable quarter. You got to give your team time to recuperate. Right. And, um, some of the videos that came out in January were supposed to come out in December, but it just they just weren't finished. We just got behind on stuff. So it's right. just like there, there's that opportunity. And I, I think it's just finding a good balance between the profitable times on YouTube and then to, you know, maybe be a little bit more casual on the on the times that it's not as profitable. So. Okay, guys, the, the, the name of the book is The YouTube Formula from the great uh, Daryl Eves. Uh, I, I call him the uh, YouTube master. I mean, he really just, if you listen to what Daryl says, uh, you're really going to uh, have the perfect strategy and idea of what you need to do to really scale, grow, start your YouTube channel, the whole kit and caboodle. Um, I'm dying to get this book. I've already pre-ordered. I know a lot of you guys have already pre-ordered it and make sure you go uh, uh, to the link in the description. Uh, and I know that our mods have put links there. I already see a lot of people in the chat who said they already pre-ordered it. Somebody said it's not available on Amazon, but I think that if you go to the link um, that we have, you should be able to get it. And so Daryl, yeah, any clue? Yeah, go it's ahead. On Amazon, it's like crossed all the, the boards. What, what it is, is, um, Amazon until it like the pre pre-order, it doesn't index until it's available. Right. And so you can go to it. Um, you can go to ytformula.com and when you go to go off, it'll show all the different stores that, that it's available. You can click on that link. It'll go directly to the, uh, to the specific product. Now it could be in a different country and, and we have different release dates in different countries. It is worldwide release, but um, you, you can go from there, but I can guarantee you, if you go to ytformula.com, uh, you're going to get the book. Um, and, and that's where uh, we'll be uh, shipping it to you for sure. Well, Hey man, I just want to say a big, big thank you to you. 
uh, Daryl, for being here. We went well over an hour, which I could, I feel like I could talk to you for 10 hours. <laughs> I know everybody, the chat's on fire. Like, I feel like if we could, but, you know, uh, we got other things to do. I got to take my kids uh, uh, for their afternoon kind of uh, uh, get out of the house uh, deal. Uh, I'll go ride some bikes. But, hey, um, from one family man to another and from somebody who considers themselves an exemplary communicator, I, I, I salute you, Daryl, because oh, I you. think you, in order to be a good YouTuber, in order to be really building your online presence, you have to be an amazing communicator. I think that's essential. And you definitely possess that, my friend. And oh, so uh, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much. I know you got to get going. Thank you for your time. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, Daryl Eves, thank you for being here, brother. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right, guys. So you know the book. Uh, what a show. How killer was that? Uh, how awesome is Daryl Eves? Um, I just want to say a couple of things before we go. And I want to do a, a live roll call. I want to say thank you to Josephine. Great to see you. Thank you, Paul, for being here. Insane McLean. Good to see you, Joseph. Awesome mod. Uh, Zapeta. I want to say thank you to you, everybody who is here. And don't forget, make sure you click subscribe. Make sure you... Um, uh, definitely hit the bell notifications because we go live every single Sunday with our office hours and look at the amazing guests that we're bringing to you. So our Nez Nation live podcast, which all the links are in the description too, uh, you know, we're bringing you just brain busting content over and over, helping you earn more, grow faster and stress less. We saw about mindset and messaging on this channel. I would just want to say a big, big thank you to everybody. Another big thank you to uh, Daryl Eves. What a fantastic show. And uh, I just want to say thank you, everybody who is here and watching. We really appreciate it. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. I'll see you next time. Thank you, guys. Thank you so, so much for listening to our awesome podcast. I hope you got a lot out of it. It would mean the world to me if you wouldn't mind writing us an honest five-star review. It better be five stars for crying out loud um, <laughs> on Apple Podcasts. Even if you're listening to this on Spotify, um, you know, or you know what? Honestly, wherever you want to leave it, it would be really, really appreciated by us. Um, if you're interested in delving further, I just wanted to let you know just really quickly that we have a major, major uh, discount on some unbelievable, multiple award-winning, highly, highly reviewed, super high content courses over at beyondtheboxacademy.com. We have our flagship course, How to Make Money with Your Personal Brand. If you're interested, if you're sick and tired of hearing about this online thing and all these people being successful, earning five figures a month, earning six figures a year, you're like, I need to get in on this. I'm sick and tired of what I'm doing. I want a piece of this. I feel I'm good enough and I can do this. 
Well, I've got unbelievable, convenient, step-by-step, holding your hand the whole way, amazing award-winning courses over at Beyond the Box Academy, taught by yours truly, me, an actual business communications professor and somebody who's been in the online game for over two decades. So if you're interested in that, these are courses, guys, that are usually thousands of dollars, uh, and, and they've been reduced over 60% uh, because of COVID. And you know what? I don't think I'm ever going to go back because people are really getting a lot of value from it, and it's not always about money. I know you may find that hard to believe, but it's really not. And I love the fact that I'm getting all your emails, your messages, your course changed my life. Nez, your courses take me to the next level, my career, my business. I'm earning money, working from home. I just... That stuff electrifies me. So if you too want to jump in on that, there's links in the show notes, but you can also just go to beyondtheboxacademy.com. That's beyondtheboxacademy.com and go start changing your life right now. Thank you.